Welcome, friends, to another episode of Liberation Lectionary, where we riff on the scriptures and try to find uh, snippets, uh, pieces, uh, pathways to liberation for our lives and our work of ministry today. I'm a Francisco Garcia, Episcopal priest and PhD student hanging out in Nashville, Tennessee. And with me always is my compañero. I'm Jamie Edwards Acton. I'm an Episcopal priest in Los Angeles and troublemaker and uh, don't have any letters after my name, uh, but, uh, you know, still trying to cause trouble. And I have a new background because I'm looking for internet on this campus today that doesn't seem to be available. So <laughs> no worries. And I have a virtual background, so you don't see, you know, that I'm in my son's room. But that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Until we hear his voice. In the yes. Movie. So, uh, friends, we are, um, we skipped a week, so you may have caught that, but, um, you know, sometimes we, we need a little downtime too, so, but we're back at it, uh, 11th Sunday after Pentecost, and uh, we're in the Gospel of John, and Jamie's going to take us through this reading. All right, this comes from John 6, chapter 6, verses 35, and then 41 through 51. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Then the religious authorities began to complain about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me, and I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The gospel of the Lord. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, well, I mean, the first thing, Jamie, is, you know, sometimes the lectionary has a funny way of doing things. And so, you know, this little thing where we have one verse, right, verse 35, the first right. verse of today's reading by itself, and then they pass over four verses and then jump to uh, 41. But, I, you know, first thing is I recommend to people is to read those four verses <laughs> so that you know what uh, the, you know, the... Jewish authorities were allegedly complaining about, right? Right, right. And so, because um, Jesus says that he's the bread of life and, um, you know, the famous line, whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And then he continues, right? He, um, I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe everything that the Father gives me will come to me. Anyone who comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. This is indeed the will of my Father, that all who see the Son and believe in him may have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. So he's continuing in this bread of life discourse, 
And then, you know, it's kind of stirring up some questions and curiosities from the religious authorities. And that's where the context of the complaining happens. So that's right. just a little, you know, complete the verses. That's right. <laughs> but what do you think? What are your thoughts on this passage as we start, Jamie? Well, I think that, you know, again, this is something we touched upon in another passage not too long ago from Mark. And um, when uh, in similar, but, you know, the thing that jumps out here is how uh, they can't, you know, it's hard for them to grasp this or, or reconcile this idea of God being uh present, incarnate, motivating, inspiring, responsible for, or whatever, for what Jesus is doing. And not, not because of the content of what he is doing, but because of where he comes from, because of who, you know, his station in life, right? Mm -hmm. And this is still something that I think uh, we, you know, that the, a lot of people wrestle with, right? They, they can't, it's hard, they want a God who is shiny and does magic tricks and comes in, you know, this huge uh, theophany of, you know, noise and, and light show and, and just... Uh, power, not of this right? world, right? Not of this Other world. Otherworldly, exactly. transcendent, omnipotent, right? All the theological words and categories that come That's up right. for... That's yeah. and right. And, and so it's such a... You know, I think the thing that gets Jesus in trouble is that he's trying to say, look, this is uh, God works through ordinary people. Right. And and unexpected. Right. Not just ordinary, but the least likely of folks and through the least likely of things like bread and wine, too. You know, like, I mean, there's this solution here to uh, the Eucharist and, and and all that. And I think that. It's not to point to like some magical thing we call the Eucharist. It's to point to the fact that it's bread mm -hmm. and that it's wine, but it's something more than that because God chooses for it to be something more, these ordinary things, whether it be a carpenter from Nazareth or bread that someone just made or wine that someone just pressed and, yeah. um, you know, or whatever other ordinary, mundane, everyday, regular, like you and me, uh, kind of, um, you know, uh, people or objects or whatever. That's how, you know, I think Jesus is, his whole ministry is trying to get people to pay attention to that, right? Yeah, no, I think you're right. And the, the, that's why I think it's important that we go back to those early verses because, right, in, in, the, in today's reading, they ask, how can he say I've come down from heaven, right? And that's what he had said, but in right. a bigger context, right? Right. And if we, you know, we've been following this path, these passages, and we know that this comes after Jesus began to do what people perceive to be as miracles, right? So mm -hmm. he walked on water, you know, the feeding of the 5,000, which we already kind of talked about as uh, really a collective miracle of, of distribution and, you know, radical redistribution and sharing of, you know, of food and other, and other items. But so here, I think that, that, that this, statement of i um i came down from heaven is really kind of connecting to um the beginning very beginning of john right john 1 1 which is you know in the beginning was the word and the word was made flesh and the word was with god it's about the incarnation it's about jesus coming into the world right it's about god like you said using a body an earthly body in order to continue to 
um, deliver on God's promise of liberation for humanity, right? And right. to put someone on the earth that people can look to and see and hear um, and that, that, that we could identify with as a living, breathing human person who suffers and who is in solidarity with the suffering and the daily challenges and trappings of this life, um, you know, both personal and, you know, systemic, right? Mm -hmm. The personal troubles that you, we have as people, but the, and, and then also the oppressions that, you know, communities face. And so Jesus says, like, in, the, in those early verses that were left out, I'm not here to do, I'm not here to do my will. I'm here to do God's work, right? God, God has sent me. And, um, right. And we, if we pick up on the theme of John, then we have like, you know, God loved the world um, and did not condemn it. And Jesus is here to sort of bring in this new reign of a different vision, right. Of society, of belonging. So I think it all fits into that. And that's where this bread metaphor, you know, it's not just um, a spiritualization of bread. It's, it's, it's actual bread. And it's, you know, it's spiritual and material nourishment in this life, in this life. Right. Yeah, I, I and I like this. Um, I mean, it, it's very, it's material, right? The material bread, the physical bread. Um, and, and yet it is something more, right? Where Jesus taught, he says, you know, I am the, I am the bread, right? And which is a super provocative thing to say, right? It's like, Hmm, what does he mean by I am the bread, right? So I think, I mean, a lot of these things in John, because John's community, the Johan community is being ostracized, persecuted, cut off, right, from their cultural roots, from the mainstream faith, uh, definitely being, you know, kind of denigrated by the religious authorities and stuff mm -hmm. like that and being, you know, ridiculed at a time historically when everyone's trying to... Uh, like in new ways because of the temple being destroyed, asserting their identities, right, as a Jewish people. And, um, and so, you know, G here I got a little lost, but I think it's this, um, this idea of, um, you know, that Jesus is making the contrast between, you know, the, the manna, right? And so you, we don't, you, you don't, we don't have to, I guess I, what I want to say is we don't have to look for those kind of miraculous things to happen again, right? Like the, the manna falling from heaven uh, in the Exodus story in the desert and stuff and sustaining the Israelites for those all that time. Um, that's awesome. And that's a part of our origin story, right? That's a part of our uh, roots. But Jesus is trying to say, look, I, I am the bread. You know, like, right, like, and when he's saying I, I think, you know, a lot of people like to focus on, you know, oh, it's this personality, right? No, it's really the who, how I'm living, right? Mm -hmm. The way, who I'm paying attention to, yeah. who I'm reaching out to, who I'm trying to bring into the circle, who I'm challenging, who, you know, the way I'm doing that, what the reasons I'm doing that, that is the bread, right? That comes down from heaven. That kind of activity, that kind of uh, compassion and passion for life and, justice and stuff like that and um so you know but in to the way he sums it up it says you know i am that bread yeah that will give us life that will re that will sustain us in whatever wilderness we find we don't have to wait for you know those miracles of old when god is right here in our midst working through me and working through you and uh and in the least likely of people so 
yeah i mean i think you're i think you're spot on and 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 that's where you know i am the bread again came down from heaven you know that john 1 1 but then at the end right 50 verse 51 i am the living bread right um whoever eats of this bread will live forever i and the bread that i give for the life of the world is my flesh so it's connecting um this this um jesus uh you know as of nazareth and whoever eats of this bread whoever feeds on him in the sense that you know follows seeks to follow him in his way in the teachings in in what he models right in right. the absolute radical love that he offered when he you know when he um you know when he was uh, when he died you know you know not because he had to die but because of you know what he stood for right um when we feed on that that's um you know that's where we begin to see what eternal life can be you know right. the, the 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 life that is is sort of like in in communion seeks to be in communion with jesus and with god and to create that new world that we know is possible and that god wants you know for us right i and see and i think this is where we get you know the church can trip itself up right on this point around eucharist right and and understanding what like what he jesus might be saying here in other parts where i think you're you're exactly right that the that the uh he, he, you know he is the bread of life whoever eats of this bread you know the flesh that i give or the you know it's like the incarnational experience that i offer up in my life and death that that is the bread that will sustain you for all of eternity now the eucharist that now i'm, I'm we're going to probably have some uh of our high church brethren and sistren uh, chiming in at this point but uh, in terms right. of our christology and understanding of the eucharist but um, I would say that the Eucharist is um, kind of a symbolic and um, sacramental support of that notion that you spelled out, right? Mm -hmm. Like living a life, an embodied life, an enfleshed life, right? Trying to live it like Jesus as, as the way of, that is how we ingest Jesus as bread, right? This thing we do on Sundays it's simply a not simply okay no bad comments in the but is <laughs> is uh is 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 really to support that right in in and tap into other aspects of ourselves that would support that you know that experience that we go try to um embody ourselves and, and imitate as jesus lived and stuff like that um so it's it's a support of that kind of life but some people think that it's all about that bread right. and wine on the altar and right. I think that is where the pro that's where I would say the problem is mm -hmm. um, or mm -hmm. the, the, because I think you're leaving out a big piece of what Jesus wanted to say. And basically, like, you know, uh, I am bread. Live like me. Be bread. Yeah. To others. Be bread. Be yeah, the bread. He'll be bread. So and, um, no. And I think you're right in terms of the sacrament. Right. What what, what do we in, in the Episcopal understanding um, or tradition? What is the sacrament? Right. It is that external expression of an inward spiritual grace right mm -hmm. and so when we receive the eucharist um we are entering you know into that thin place where we are in communion right um together right with each other um 
and with Christ, right? And right. with the communion of saints, right? And it, through we that's how we experience the what you know what in theologically you know people have described as the real presence of christ mm -hmm. we experience and we embody that real presence of christ but it like you said to what end it doesn't right. just stay there it's actually for the transformation of the world right? right so that we can be the bread the living bread and mm -hmm. we will feed and nourish and help create the pathways to liberation in this life you know that's right that's the body that's and right. so we can't leave it within the sanctuary so it can't be this precious thing that we receive it's like i feel so good i feel so warm and fuzzy because i just received the body of christ you know it's like what else what happens as a result you know right, right. yeah i'm I, and again i think this last line i'm really um, stuck on because I think of how this is so in, it understood in so many different ways, right? And but uh, you know, the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh or is my carnal. I think actually, the these uh, carnal, the uh, yeah, like, I don't know if that's the Greek, but uh, it's I think it's connected there, and and so it's in other words, like. You know, the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my incarnation, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that's the, that's the invitation, right? To join mm -hmm. Jesus in that incarnation um, mm -hmm. and, and to not just see, you know, um, to have it be uh, somehow um, not only just about the Eucharist, but have those things disconnected. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it, it should be a part of a continuum of a whole, right? What we do on Sunday at the altar is simply part of a whole gesture, right? Of, um, of how we, you know, how we, uh, not only take in that bread that Jesus offers us, but how we become that bread as well for others. Yeah. And, and, and if we look at the Eucharist as this, you know, sacred connection between Christ and then that connection with with the suffering of the world, you know, and trying to be the bread like like Christ has been for us, you know, it's it's actually quite revolutionary, you know, mm -hmm. um, if, if we attempt to put that into practice and see what does it mean to um, be a Eucharistic, you know, sacramental community that is, um, you know, living in solidarity living in right. true loving solidarity and trying to reflect the, the real presence of christ right in the world through actions through presence i mean i think about the um you know for those who kind of want to read some more about this there's like um the book by um you know william cavanaugh i don't know if you if you came across it but it's called torture and eucharist um theology politics and the body and it was about the 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 eucharistic practices during the pinochet regime in chile oh, wow. in the yeah. you know and how you know the institutional church um you know basically was complicit right and didn't speak out against the disappearing of people against the torturing of, of, right. of bodies right remember that christ was tortured right? right remember what happened to him um but that the eucharistic practice of 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 the grassroots uh, Christian believing communities meant something, you know, very radical and, and really sacred in the face of real torture, you know? Um, and so it, it, think about how people are tortured in our world, you know, 
and today um, through social, you know, socially, economically, politically, um, with the lack of, um, you know, I mean, I know we've talked about this, Jamie, but you know, with everything, mind, body, and spirit, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 how um, the, the need for a real, real uh, pr presence in our in our world and in our communities that tends to people's um, minds, bodies, and souls. You know, that includes mental health. That includes you know living wages that includes just housing you know in the right. face of pandemic right all of it how do we wrap around and embrace communities so that people have can live decent lives right wrap around that's wrap around that's the term so <laughs> and i didn't even that was that just <laughs> yeah. came out i know yeah i'm thinking about no, wrap that, around that's right how do we services. wrap not only do we wrap services around people but how do we wrap our arms right around exactly one another yeah so, um, but the yeah, I, I like that. It means something for us in a much more powerful way, I think, if we take into account these kinds of experiences in other places, you know? Yeah, I agree. Well, Francisco, I, you know, I think I'm, this is, you're going to be shocked, but I think I'm out of words. So, how is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this is a really great um, scripture to, to reflect on and to, and to, you know, to preach on Sunday and to, you know, to reflect on in our communities and on the streets in some way to how does this have real meaning for us? So I think it, I think it's good. For right. Us yeah. And to reflect when you're, you know, not just around the altar, but when you're eating a peanut butter sandwich or, you know, and, the, and with bread, right. And just to think of them and how the, the mendacity intersects with the divine, you know, that's I right. Think is uh, an opportunity every time we, pick up a loaf of bread so, the ordinary the liturgy yeah. of the ordinary i think there was another right. book about that somewhere <laughs> you know i always have a thousand you books. and your books garcia you and your ah! books you book people that's right <laughs> well francisco as always it's been great and you know people can find us on a podcast as well on the, wherever they get their podcasts on spotify or apple podcasts or google podcasts um we were noticing today that some people left some reviews on Apple Podcasts, and that love is it. great. We love it. It helps get the word out. Uh, if you we have time, it. we would love for you to leave a, a review for us. So, uh, But I think that's going to do it for us today. Until next week, everybody, be cool. Peace. Peace.